Well, good morning, friends, fans, and colleagues. Uh, welcome to Voices oh. of the Sacred Feminine. Uh, this is Karen Tate, uh, your host, and um, I am speaking to you at this special time, uh, 11 a.m., uh, because uh, my guest today, uh, William Bond, is uh, calling from across the pond. Uh, it's a rainy and cold day today uh, up in the mountains of uh, California, uh, but I'm sitting here toasty and warm, and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Then uh, I have to admit, the song I started the show off with uh, today, Breath of Passion, uh, by the wonderful group out of uh, Las Vegas uh, called Zingaya, um, it reminds me of uh, sitting on the back of a camel and just uh, loping across the desert. Um, I, I, I don't know why I get such a vivid picture of that. Um, I, I, I had the, um, the excitement of actually riding horseback on a camel in Petra, Jordan, once. And uh, it was just one of the most exciting times of my life. And for some reason, this song just sort of takes me back there. Uh, but anyway, uh, I am thinking of uh, actually changing the time of the show. Uh, this 11 o'clock time is good for so many of my guests from the U.K. Uh, it is good for me, too. Um, I know many of you listen from the archives anyway, um, but I'd you know, like to just kind of put it out there to listeners. If you have a strong feeling about uh, mean, uh, you know, keeping the time to 6 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday nights, uh, please let me hear from you. Uh, otherwise, I'm thinking maybe after the first of the year, switching over to this a, uh, 11 a.m. time uh, to accommodate uh, so many of uh, the folks I have on the show that call in from uh, Scotland, Ireland, England, and you know all of those other places there across the pond. Um, anyway, uh, as I said, uh, my guest today is William Bond, and um, we are talking about the return of matriarchy and feminine power. And uh, I really love to talk to men about this subject because so many of the women I know uh, take this position that uh, men just don't get this. And that's why I think it's so important when we have an ally, uh, when we have an advocate of the feminine, an advocate of goddess, uh, that we chat with them and, um, you know, and sort of prove the case that, uh, you know, we're not alone in this. And quite frankly, uh, I rather think that uh, without men, uh, we will never uh, significantly change the world. I don't think women can do it on their own because, unfortunately, too many women or not in our court. Um, you know, they're, uh, they just perpetuate the patriarchy, uh, whether out of necessity, uh, ignorance, or uh, safety, uh, sometimes perhaps. Uh, so we can't count on the majority of women necessarily, so we definitely need to find our male allies. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about William. Uh, he's uh, the author of Gospel of the Goddess, and um, uh, he's been an advocate of the sacred feminine since the 80s. Uh, uh, this morning we'll discuss why uh, most powerful 
powerful men in the Western world uh, seem to be Freemason, and uh, what their secret is, uh, we'll talk about the limitless power and wisdom of the feminine one, uh, who William says created the masculine. Uh, we'll discuss William's theory, women lost power when they worshipped male gods, and how men gained power. Uh, William believes there can never be harmony and equality between the genders, and why the feminine one uh, respects our free will, but masculine power never will. So I believe it's going to be an interesting conversation. So William, welcome uh, to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Thanks for calling in uh, this morning. Right. Right. Um, right. Uh, yeah, right. Um, right. Um, well, I suppose I'd better start off with the first question, uh, why um, Freemasonry is so powerful and um, why most you know, rich people or very powerful people in the world are, are Freemasons. And, um, I mean, this is a... I mean, I sort of got involved in the New Age movement back in the 1970s, and Freemasonry came up a lot then. And um, I talked about Illuminati and those sort of organisations where they're supposed to be ruling the world and this sort of thing. And... Um, and in the, back in, in the 1980s, I went to a library once and uh, looked through stuff on Freemasonry, and I came across a book about Freemasonry symbolism. And I looked through this Freemasonry symbolism, and what I realized is a lot of the symbols of Freemasons were, were feminine. You know, you had the, um, the square and the compass, and they made up of a triangle sorry, a uh, diamond shaped, and that looked like a vagina. You had the the all-seeing eye, and again, the all-seeing eye, just one eye, so why would God have one eye? Well, again, it's a vagina shape, and you had the triangle, and that's like the pubic hair of a, of a female, and of course, inside that, you have the word uh, G representing God, so this seemed to be it was saying that the God is female. And of course, you had all symbols okay. like the Libya. What? Yeah. You also had the symbols well, of the. Um, sorry. No, no go ahead. You, you were about to say uh, other symbols. Yeah, like symbols of um, the um, the beehive. Again, that's a. They could have a, a queen bee and this sort of thing. So again, it's a feminine symbol. So um, I sort of thought about that, and and I wondered whether they, um, well, in the mystic mystic tradition, which I'm interested in, really. You know, you have the idea of um, oneness, total oneness. The uh, God is one, one mind, one spirit. And, of course, the idea of God being total harmony, total love, unconditional love. And, of course, they are, if you like, feminine attributes. They are totally feminine when you think about oneness and harmony. And so yeah. Therefore, yeah, because... You, you 
patriarchy, you know, patriarchy tends to be uh, more of a dominator, oppressor model. So I, I see what you mean. And and I know when um, a group I used to run, uh, we would um, often use the facilities uh, of Freemasons. And um, they often uh, had Isis, uh, the Egyptian goddess Isis, uh, and a lot of their symbols. Um, was that one you picked you know, that, that you know in, much about? Yeah, well, I'm interested in, in the ISIS, I mean, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, it does, a goddess does come up some a lot in sort of Freemasonry symbolism, yeah. I mean, it's not only ISIS, but it's other goddesses as well. I mean, it's, and, um, but it's also, but it's also very sort of, they never actually quite say it. You know, they suggest it, but never actually yeah. say it, do they? You know, you know what I mean? Um, well, Bill, let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this. Do the Freemasons have a secret that the rest of us don't know? Um, uh, or is it just this kind of hidden in plain sight uh, reverence for the feminine that, um, you know, is, is maybe at the basis for some of their beliefs? Well, I think it's hidden in plain sight, I think, really. I think that's what it amounts to. Um, I mean, I think they more say it, but don't actually... But because we are so brainwashed to believe that God is a male, that we don't actually take it up. We don't think about it. Um, right. Or if we don't think of, think of God as a male, we also think in terms of a god has been sort of male or female and female. I mean, I was involved in witchcraft for a while, and they've had a god and goddess, you know, together, like you know. And uh, right. I think in Christian science, in Christian science, they have the same thing, don't they? They have a male and female god there, you know. And of course, nowadays, I think the Church of England have male and female god as gods, you know. So it's um. But I think it's totally feminine. I think God is totally feminine. It's not a male and female there. It's just totally feminine. The masculine is the total opposite to that. Opposite to that. You know, the masculine is right. material, basically. The the feminine is is, is spiritual. The masculine is material. Okay. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, the speak a little bit about the feminine one and um and the the as uh you know also as the creator of the masculine what what are your thoughts on that well i think the the thing about it is the feminine one i mean the problem with the feminine is that it's total harmony total perfection total love but when you've got total perfection, there's no movement. You know, if you've got something that's totally perfect, well, how do you move from that? You can't move from perfection. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the feminine had to experience something outside of the one. And the, so therefore, it created something outside of the one, which was the masculine. The masculine is not part of the one, it's the observer of the of the one, if you like. But it's right. not part of the one, you see. So therefore, well, and, and that reminds me a little bit. 
that, that reminds me a little bit of Kali and Shiva. Now, I mean, I'm not an expert on Kali, but I've heard those two described uh, as, you know, Shiva is, is inactive until mm. Kali activates him. Um, yeah. Maybe that, I, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking maybe that's just the opposite, but maybe um, maybe that sort of parallels what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, basically, Shiva will come from the Kali, basically. So therefore, um, but there is an element in the sense that the the masculine is outside the one. Um, but the thing about it is that the masculine also has to be controlled by the female because if you like the masculine is is destruction too because the 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 masculine is the individual it, it looks at the world as an as, as individual but also in, it, it also learns about loneliness it learns about fear and also learns about competition aggression and hatred, you know, and it's, um, so therefore the masculine left on his own will actually destroy itself because yeah, it, it would be I think it becomes the toxic masculinity that we see out there yeah. in the world today uh, when left to left to its own devices. Oh yeah, very much so. I mean, I mean, the masculine would destroy the world basically if left at its own devices. I mean, you, you right. see in countries, you see it in countries around the world. I mean, the countries that are dominated by men are very aggressive, very um, they've got conflict and hatred going on all the all the way through, haven't you? Whereas where yeah. women more dominate, then they're more in harmony. So it's yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I've talked to psychologists sometimes who have said that, you know, uh, men who have not grown up with a strong female influence, uh, you know, maybe, you know, because of the religion of the household or maybe a domineering father or husband, uh, those tend to be the men that uh, don't appreciate the feminine, don't understand the importance, uh, and they grow up and perpetuate this toxic uh, male um, uh, model, if you will. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's... But, of course, another aspect to this as well is that also the man can learn from the female, and the female learns from the, from right. the male. So, therefore, men can learn to be loving and caring people from the female. But also, the female can learn from the male how to be aggressive and competitive and hateful to others. So, it can, I mean, like today, you have this lot of these female politicians, and they are trying to be equal to men. But, in a way, they learn the masculine way of doing things. So right, I, I agree. You see, and so, so it's um, so 
know, yeah, and and I think that's a pre that's a preconception sometimes that you know when, until you really sort of get into this, you know, we don't want to uh, get the idea across that you know all women are good uh, archetypes of the feminine and all men are bad. Uh, because that's not the truth. You know, we have women out there who don't embody the feminine values we're talking about, and we have men out there who do. So it's really about, uh, it's not always about the gender, is it? No, no, no. But the thing about it is, well, I think it's more about the feminine and the masculine rather than male and female, I think. You know, but the thing I want to get across really as well is that basically the feminine is all powerful. You know, we tend to live in a world where we assume that the masculine is more powerful than the female. And perhaps on the material level, that is true. I mean, obviously, a man is bigger, stronger, and more aggressive than the female. And the masculine level, that is true. But on the spiritual level, the female is all-powerful and in the sense that and this is why the, the Freemasonry gets the power from because they know the female is the God is female so therefore they can tune into God and tune into limitless wisdom limitless power and then they tell the rest of us that God is male so we try to tune into God but of course we can't do that because we're tuning into something that is material. So therefore they right. have the power because they're tuning into female, but we are not. You know, so, so let me ask happens. you a little bit about that. Let me ask you a little bit about that. That's interesting, and I, I, uh, I don't know much about that. Um, do they tune into the feminine by way of a particular goddess? Uh, or do they think of the feminine as just like the energy of the cosmos? Um, how would you explain it? Well, I think it's going back to what the mystics do, basically, of the, of the sense of oneness, of one mind, one spirit. So therefore, but I mean... I mean, I say that God is female, but obviously God is probably beyond that, really. But basically, but the nearest we can conceptualize it, the nearest we can understand it, would be female. So therefore, I mean, I mean, I should imagine they probably might use Isis and other goddesses to do it, but it doesn't really matter which goddess it is, as long as it's feminine, you know. Right, right. Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe a way to describe it is, um, and I I hope this doesn't sound too new agey, but maybe it won't because I know you have a new agey background a a bit too. You know, it's like where we're vibrating at. You know, if we're vibrating on a level where we're about nurturing and caring and sharing, that we yeah. vibrate at one level if that's who we are. If we're about domination and exploitation and, uh, you know, competition, we vibrate.
vibrate on another level. So it doesn't matter yep. what we call these levels of vibration. We just happen uh, to, you know, to, to have language for it. We call the nurturing and caring vibrational level feminine and the other uh, negative one masculine. But, but I think you're saying maybe because the Freemasons embrace the values of what we label the feminine, that's why they get so far in the world because like attracts like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose it's like a radio station. I mean, you know, you tune into one dial, you get one station. You tune into another dial, you get another station. So therefore, the Freemasons are tuning to the goddess vibration and they get the true goddess, the true oneness. The rest of us are trying to tune into a masculine station, and of course we don't get anywhere because we are tuning into something that's very uh, materialistic, basically. So therefore, right. they can, you know, that's what happens. I mean, you know, I mean, when you meditate, if you meditate about oneness and harmony and love, you can tune into that, can't you? You tune into a, a sense of that. You try to tune into a judgmental God, more or less. I mean, you meditate no prayer. You don't get anywhere, do right. you? Right, 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 right. Um, well, switching gears just a little bit, because I think you've explained that that really well. Um, you believe that men gain power through learning from women, and likewise women lost power through learning from men or worshipping male gods. Speak to that a bit, if you will. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think there was a time in the past when women did actually rule. They were in charge, and they were in tune with the great mother and, you know, this sort of thing. And so they were able to access their wisdom all the time, uh, to access their great power. So therefore, they were able to become the wise women of society, you know. Um, but then... But, of course, they would then teach men to do the same thing. They would teach men to tune into the Great Mother and tune into their wisdom. That would be a natural thing for them to do. But also, men, uh, women probably also learnt from men, you know, because I suppose, I mean, women do seem to like men, so therefore they would actually try to learn from them and try to emulate them. Like we see today, I mean, a lot of women do try to learn from men how to do things, don't they? But the thing about it is that men become more powerful by tuning into the Great Mother, and like the Freemasons of the day, they they learned how to access that power and wisdom. And men, women learning from men, of course, actually learned all about conflict and aggression and and competition, which might be interesting I suppose but in doing so they lost out because in the competitive world of masculine competitive world men women are not as good as that what men are are they I mean men women when they try to compete against men they always lose out because men are more aggressive and more um um, competitive and got the t- t- testosterone and they're even more de- deceptive than what women are. So 
So in that world, masculine world, women are at a disadvantage. They can only obtain power from tuning to the, the great mother again, to, to tuning to that feminine one. And I think, you know, if women do that, they will be more powerful than men, because even if men do tune into that feminine one, women are more in, in sync with that, than what men are. So that's okay. why I think... And... No, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to... No, 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 you, you continue. Um, well, I was going to, um, you know, in some of the stuff that you sent me, you talk about um, uh, the feminine one uh, res- uh, respects our free will, uh, but the masculine never respects anyone's free will. Um, oh, yeah. Tell me, you know, tell me how you, uh, you know, y- your thoughts on that. Well, I think one of the reasons, I mean, I think this goes back to atheism in the sense that, Atheists always claim that there's no God, and the reason why there's no God because if there was a loving God, why is there suffering in the world? And of course, a lot of spiritual people have no answer to that. I mean, why would you have suffering in the world if God actually loves us all? And I think the reason is because we have suffering in the world because we have free will. Um, the thing is that the suffering in the world is actually created by ourselves. I mean, when people into metaphysics and positive thinking, that sort of thing, know that they they have to take responsibility for everything that happens to them. Um, but of course, um, but the thing about it is that um, the Great Mother will never interfere with anything we do. So therefore, if we choose not to to tune into her wisdom, not to tune into what she has to offer, then basically she won't force us to do it. But in the sense that, but of course, the masculine is totally opposite of that. The masculine never um, respect anybody's free will. We know that by the way men rule countries, you know, they, they, they rule by force, by intimidation, like, you know, and uh, make, and make laws, and if you don't obey the laws, you go to prison or you get executed or whatever, like, so men never uh, respect free will, but the feminine one does, and so therefore... So let me ask you... Let, let, let me ask you this. How does Jesus fit into this theory? I mean, I've always thought of uh, Jesus as um, fitting hand in glove with the feminine, but yet he's a male god. Uh, do you see him as an exception? Uh, no, I think in the sense that, I mean, Jesus is not you. I mean, it's not the only sacrificial god of that place. There were other ones, weren't they? The, I can't remember the names like, but there was a whole load of sacrificial gods about that time before Jesus who were uh, to sacrifice themselves for the good of you know, mankind and um, and saved mankind as well. I mean, basically, so. 
Um, and I think what that is about is that if we want to have harmony back in the world, then men have to sacrifice themselves to the Great Mother. So therefore, in a way, I think it's not about the Jesus sacrificed himself to a, a god, a male god, but sacrificed himself to the Great Mother. And by men sacrifice themselves to the feminine, that we can have harmony back in the world. So I think that's what that that to me what Jesus is all about. Okay, okay, all right. Well, we're going to take a break. Um, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's time for that now. Uh, but when we come back, Bill, um, I want to talk a little bit more about. Um, um, your background, how you came to write that book, uh, Gospel of the Goddess. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about why you think there can't be harmony and equality between uh, the sexes. But first, um, uh, Joe Carson uh, has a word here for my listeners. Uh, this is a clip, actually, uh, from Serena Roney Dougal uh, in Joe Carson's film, uh, Dancing with Gaia. tell you about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. This is from Janina Renee, author of Playful Magic and By Candlelight. Dancing with Gaia is a magical, transformative film. Just watching it can alter your perception of the physical body and the energy field of the goddess Earth. Next time you are taking a walk or simply gazing across the landscape, you might find yourself affecting mystical fusion with the local earthborns or making deep contact with the spirits of place. If you want to engage deeper with the consciousness of the earth, there are a number of detailed but simple how-tos. What's more, seeing the exquisite works of these Gaia-inspired artists could energize you to start working on some of your own spiritually expressive projects. The DVD was shot in some of the most powerfully sacred sites in the Western world. It comes packaged with a 45-page color booklet, which goes even deeper into the ideas and techniques in the film. The package is just $20, and you can get it from dancingwithgaia.com. And Dancing with Gaia is available only at the website dancingwithgaia.com. So, uh, if you've just tuned in, uh, I am speaking with uh, William Bond or, or Bill, and uh, we're talking about uh, feminine power. And um, Bill, uh, let's talk more about um, why you believe uh, there can never be harmony and equality between uh, men and women. I mean, do you don't think we could get to the point where uh, the feminine might prevail? Um, like the masculine tends to do now? I mean, if that happened, couldn't there be uh, harmony and equality between the genders? Well, I don't think it's a man's job to bring harmony in the world. I mean, that's, that's the job of the female. 
the male is there to, to create chaos, basically. But the, the male is there to compete, to to fight among themselves. It's or create disputes or whatever. Like you know, it's, that's never the job of the, the male to do to to be harmony, to bring harmony. And I mean, um, you know, if we get back to a harmonious world, that can only be a totally feminine world. So therefore, you can only have harmony with uh, a world of total fe- fe- of all, all females. But the moment you introduce well, the male, in- yeah, well, the moment you, you introduce, introduce the male, the male to- what? Yeah, you have disharmony. Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I think I might have to disagree with you a little bit, um, and here's why. Um, I, I And maybe I'm too idealistic. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we're thinking, you know, with this idea of the feminine, you know, we're thinking about creating a new world with it. And, you know, there's some scholars and academics and psychologists that say, well, you know, men will have a new role. You know, they will throw off that old toxic masculinity, and instead of aggressors and oppressors, they'll, their new role will be protectors, protectors. And, um, and, and, you know, and look, I have met so many women who were toxic themselves. You know, um, I don't think, um, you know, all women embody the values of the feminine. Um, so we don't have to agree, but I, I, I just wonder if you have any thoughts about that. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, there will be times in the past and there will be times in the future where, the female will totally dominate completely and dominate the, the male and control the male. And so therefore, males will actually have a, a probably a different role to what they have today. But I think whatever happens, though, I mean, the male is dangerous. I mean, you know, when women let down their guard more or less, the male will come back again and try to take over again because that's what it does, you know. So therefore, um, it would always be a play out of time or where times are where the female would dominate completely and the male would dominate completely. And there'll be times when there'll be a bit in between those two. But um, but I think, you know, the idea that the male, the male can be living harmony, you know, because it's not the male's job to do that. You know, it's okay, like, you know, right. expect, you know, that's how I feel about it, really. I mean, so, you know, if um, the male lived in harmony, it wouldn't be a male anymore, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know a lot of women who aren't very harmonious, and I know a lot of men who are, so um, I, I'm not sure how to reconcile that, but, um, well, 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 uh, like, you know, okay. I... Yeah, well, basically, like I said before, many women learn from men. Many men learn from women. I mean, men men can learn to be feminine, to learn to be caring people and this sort of thing. And a lot of women, unfortunately, learn from men, basically, how to hate and fear and other people. Like, you know, it's, it's what happens, really. But, I mean, you know, but the males do have the role in this world, and the role is actually to... To to create the chaos, basically, I suppose. 
Well, I hate that thought, though. You know, um, I, I guess that doesn't sit well with me. I hate to think that men will be forever doomed to being chaos. <laughs> um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think maybe a few generations from now, you know, they could evolve and do better. But um, talk a little bit about um, why you think our free will becomes a barrier to receiving, um, you know, the great mother or what we want and desire. Yeah, well, um, you know, I suppose it's a complicated one, really. Um, we, we sort of live in a world that is not harmonious, I suppose, and we, I'll tell you how to put it, really. Um, I have to look at see and we'll look at it up a bit. Um, well, let's move on to something else. Um, you know, tell me about the book, um, uh, Gospel of the Goddess. Um, were you always a goddess advocate, or did you come to it um, somehow? Um, tell us about your journey a little bit. Well, my journey, I suppose, really speaking, is when I was a child. I mean, I was more or less brought up to be a chauvinist, basically. I mean, my dad had very sort of right-wing attitude towards life and this sort of thing, so... Um, but I suppose I, I sort of fell in love with a woman, and she was... You know, she just changed me, really. She changed me from being a male journalist to being interested in feminism and this sort of thing, really. And, uh, and of course, when I got into involved in the new age stuff, I found myself interested in God stuff really all the time. You know, so. But um, I think what what did change me it was that I read a book called the. Oh God, I can't even name now. But basically, it talked about matriarchies in the past. And. I suddenly realised a whole new way of looking at things, really. And then, so when I sort of realised there were matriarchies in the past, and when they talk about there were times in the past when people worshipped goddess, and, um, I think there's a book called When God Was a Woman, isn't there, really? And the, the White Goddess. Uh, yeah, Marilyn, Marilyn Stone. Yeah, When God Was a Woman. Yeah. And, uh, of course, The White Goddess by Robert Graves and this sort of thing, these, these sort of things. And... Uh, and of course, I got involved in witchcraft, but I was disappointed because they worship a god and goddess, which I wanted only wanted to worship a goddess, really. So, um, but sort of once I started going down that route, I just couldn't stop, really. I it just continued, really. You know. um, okay. And um, I suppose when I wrote God, Gospel of Goddess, that was a friend of mine. Pamela Suffield. She um, she phoned me one day and she said, "Oh, I had a lovely weekend. Um, had this young man come up from London and he fixed my washing machine, he fixed my car, and we had a great time together at the weekend." And um, I said, "It's everything so wonderful, like you know, what's the catch like? You know?" I said, "Well, it doesn't have to be a catch, you know. It can have." something happened to you that's wonderful and that's it really you know and she said no it has to be a catch you know 
I think there was a catch. Of course, he, was, he had turned out he was married about to anyway. <laughs> but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she... Um, so anyway, I said, well, you know, it does have their catch and everything could be wonderful. And he said, well, I can't quite believe that, you know. And so I said, well, I told her about my goddess ideas, like, you know, we live from... Uh, you know, the, the, you know, the God is a woman, right? And she loves us all unconditionally and will give us everything she wants. And if we tune into that, it will be things will work out for us. And she immediately argued against it, like, but, um, but, but she's still interested, like, so she began to discuss that. And from that discussion became the God of the Goddess, really, actually. You know. <laughs> so you convinced her. She be- she became um, uh, she became a believer. Um, partly, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, she is sort of Christian. She's very Christian, like you know, and that sort of thing. But she is, um, yeah. But she quite interested in the whole subject, like really, yeah, you know. Um, and um, so. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, you know, we sort of helped each other, really, basically, you know. Because, um, you know, she asked questions that I couldn't have answers to, really. I had to go by and think about it, like, you know, and this sort of thing, you know. So it was, um, but... Um, so, you've, so, you, so you've been a, a goddess advocate for a real long time, then? I suppose I have been, yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, I, I mean, okay. the book didn't do... Didn't, the book didn't do well. I mean, it couldn't. Uh, I, we didn't have sell any, hardly any, any of it. Like you know, sort of thing, really. But um, and I did find that you know, you talked about harmony and this sort of love and harmony. People are not interested in that, do they? So, you know, that sort of um, <laughs> you know. It's, uh, so I don't think it was. I mean, we wrote it as a sort of new age book, borders, but the new age people. Weren't interested in it really, you know. It it might have been, but ahead of its time, um, Bill. You know, Um, it it really just might have been ahead of its time. Yeah, well, I think the the minor problems with it is that the new age stuff is that you talk about God and goddess. You know, talk about it have to be equality between men and women. I was talking about only a, a goddess and only. That God is basically a woman, basically. I don't think that sort of goes down very well with a lot of people, does it really? No, no, it doesn't. You know, because I think people want to be politically correct, um, you know, because you hear so much about the balance of the masculine and the feminine, and that feels like maybe just, um, you know, trading one dominator for another dominator, you know. Um, Some people call it patriarchy in a skirt, you know. Yeah, yeah, right, um, yeah. So, Bob, um, we're coming to the end of the hour. Um, is there anything um, you maybe wanted to say about this that I haven't thought to ask you about? Yeah, I see. What's, uh, I've got some stuff here, but I just don't think it, um, Yeah, um... Yeah, I did want to ask that, you know, say our free will becomes a barrier to create. I know what to answer that, but I didn't. I sort of <laughs> got a brain freeze on that for some reason, really. I'll be sort of bit of but never mind. Um, and, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I sort of trying. I can't access it at the present moment, but uh, I'm sure I could later after 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 afterwards, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> I know how that is sometimes. You know, it's yeah. right there somewhere, but you can't can't quite grab it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Well. Um, I, you know, I've I've appreciated you uh, coming on the show and sharing your ideas. You know, like I said yes. at the top of the show, um, you know, I think it's it's important and it's unique, you know, to have a, a guy out there beating the drum, uh, you know, for the sacred feminine. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I appreciate your tenacity uh, over the years, and um, I especially appreciate that you. Uh, came on the show. I I know you know this isn't something you do all the time. Uh, so, no. You know, so I thank you for extending yourself and uh, coming on to talk to listeners today. Right. Um, well, thank you as well. Really, I, I sort of you, you encouraged me to come on. Really, which uh, <laughs> which I admit it. I admit at first I was a bit uh, nervous about doing really, but never mind. <laughs> <But> anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, um well listen, uh it will it, your the book, uh, Gospel of the Goddess, is it still out there anywhere? Um uh, uh you know, I'll, is it like on Amazon I'll, or I'll, anything? I'll, I'll just turn it into a blog really, basically that's all I done really. Um I mean I've got a whole load, about fifty of them in uh, my room yet at the present moment, but um um but you know, they didn't sell very well really. Um but also I think then I yeah. about you know, it's a long time ago, and I don't a lot of the stuff in the book. I don't quite agree with now, really. So I've moved on a bit from there, anyway, really. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that happens. I mean, I, I think about the first books I wrote. I'd love to be able to write them over again because, you know, we benefit from age and experience, and you know, what we wrote five or ten years ago, we, you know, we might not say the same thing today. You know, I totally get that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I sort of um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I suppose that time I was interested in the dia, uh, the tarot, um, not the tarot, the, uh, the tarot, and I was interested in the Kabbalah and those sort of things really, which I'm not so interested in now really. So it was written from, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of those sort of things in that really. In a, yeah, um, yeah. Well, we. We go th- we you know go through different interests in life that uh, that makes sense kind of been there done that myself. <laughs> well, Bill, um, yeah. um, thank you, uh, thank you so much for calling in today. Um, I appreciate yeah. it, and um, um, you know, good to know you're out there, and uh, you know, we all just need to keep vibrating on that uh, feminine level, right? So we change the world. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know. It's, uh, I think things they change for the better, really, in some ways. I mean, I know we are going through times when we could actually. Oh, they seem to be on a on a on a crossroads, aren't we? We seem to be going. We could go down things making things worse, or actually make things better, really. And I think we're on that fork at the present moment, really. And uh, I, I, think, I agree. You know. You know um, yeah. It's a scary yeah. place to be. <laughs> well, that's uh, as a Chinese you know, we, say. Yeah, so I'm uh, sorry, as a Chinese say, we live in interesting times, don't we? Really. 
Uh, well, that's for sure. We can certainly put that on our tombstones. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Bill. Um, thank you so much. Well, and uh, you have yeah. a wonderful uh, you have a wonderful solstice and Yule and Kwanzaa and Christmas and all of that. And yeah. thank you so yeah. much for yeah. being a guest on the show. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Um, well, that was an interesting um, conversation with a, a gentleman who's been a goddess advocate for uh, most of his adult life, and um, uh, he has some interesting ideas, and uh, some I agree with, some I hope he's wrong. <laughs> um, and uh, that about does it uh, for me for today. Um, I want to thank uh, listeners for uh, for tuning in. And uh, remember to please uh, go to the show page on Blog Talk and click the follow button. And uh, that will ensure that you uh, get an email in your inbox once a week that will tell you the theme and guest uh, of my show. And uh, I have some really great... Uh, shows coming up uh, the end of this year and the beginning of next year. Uh, we're going to have one show um, about uh, daughters of alcoholic mothers. Um, I'm trying to get Sharon Blackie on the show. Uh, she wrote the the book that's real popular now, uh, If Women Rose Rooted. Uh, we're trying to see if we can work out the uh, technical aspects of that. Uh, but also some other great stuff. And uh, I think Jeanette Blonigan Clancy is going to be back with me uh, the day after Christmas. We're going to talk about uh, the goddess in the Bible. Um, so, yeah, and, and I'm also looking for an expert. Um, well, you know, that seems like a um, an intimidating word. Someone who knows a lot about Opus Dei or Dominionist Christianity. Uh, I'd love to talk about that. Uh, so if uh, you're listening out there and uh, you know a lot about that or you know someone uh, who knows a lot about that, please get in touch with me. I'd like to set up an interview. Um, well, uh, that about does it for me. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I really think it makes a difference when we look for the gift uh, and even our challenges, uh, I think we vibrate on a higher level. And uh, like like uh, Bill was saying, you know, when we vibrate on that level, uh, that higher level, you know, one of gratitude, uh, compassion, caring, sharing, uh, rather than one of, um, you know, disappointment, uh, depression, uh, despair, um, domination, dis, you know, lack of trust, um, you know, I, I think we're a lot better when, uh, you know, we don't go to that dark place, to those low vibrational levels. And, uh, you know, we attract um, uh, what we put out. So um, I think we end up with uh, a better life when uh, we stay away from those toxic people, those toxic thoughts, and we, um, uh, it, it, you know, and, and if we can uh, do if women rose rooted, uh, get out of the wasteland. And maybe I'll talk about that on another show. Uh, well, that does it for today, listeners. Again, thanks for calling in. Uh, you are the gas in my tank, and I'll be back next Wednesday. Bye-bye.